Thanks for joining us today for the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, Pastor Jason talks about how to handle our emotions when our expectations aren't met the way we think they should be. Now, let's jump into our Palm Sunday message. As we celebrate this moment today, it's, it's Palm Sunday, and this is a a very, very, very important day throughout all of Christianity. Uh, there are churches all over the world today that are celebrating this day. This is the day that, that Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem at the beginning of Holy Week. And, and this was a really, really big moment in Jesus's ministry. Up until this point, you know, Jesus's ministry was gaining some steam. Uh, he, he was really gaining a lot of popularity, even though he would, he would heal people and he would tell them sometimes, hey, don't tell anybody what I just did. Uh, what would happen is, you know, people would always go and tell about the healing that they've experienced because whenever God moves in your life, it's, it's hard to stay silent. And so people really, he really didn't want a lot of, of praise in, in the early days of his ministry. But as he's riding into Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday, he's allowing the people to, to shout and to, to celebrate his arrival and, 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 and a shout adoration towards him. And so we're going to jump into the story today. And we're reading out of Mark chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or you can pull out your, your on the, the website. We actually have a, a tab there where you can click on the Bible app. And it'll take you right to the scripture as well. But in Mark chapter 11, it says this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. Now, if you're the disciples in this moment, you're probably thinking, Jesus, did you just ask me to steal a donkey? Like, I don't know if that's cool. Like, I'm pretty sure that's in the Big Ten. Like, really, you want me to steal a donkey? And Jesus says, no, 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 it's all worked out. Don't worry. I got this whole thing under control. I've gone before you. It's going to be okay. The guy's going to tell you it's going to be okay. And then in verse 4, it says this. It says, when they found the colt outside in the street, tied at the doorway, as they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. Verse 7, it says, When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the field. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Uh, if you can imagine this scene with me for a moment. Jesus is riding this donkey into Jerusalem. And there would have been thousands and thousands of people there that day celebrating Holy Week. They were getting ready for Passover. And there would have been thousands and thousands of people there just in the city. And then Jesus begins to arrive onto, on the scene. And, and as people are seeing this happening, they, are prob they probably heard rumors of Jesus. 
Maybe some were directly impacted by his ministry. Maybe they were directly healed or a family member was healed by Jesus. And there were so many things going on and people were probably thinking at that time, there he is, it's, it's Jesus. This is the guy that we've been talking about. This is, is this the Messiah that, that's been prophesied about? Is this the guy? And they were celebrating. They were so excited. Here he's here. Can you believe this moment in history? Like, wow, we're experiencing Jesus riding into town. There he is. And what's interesting, though, in this moment is that the crowd had a picture in their mind of what Jesus was going to do for them. But the picture that they had in their mind was completely different than what Jesus was actually going to do. Like they had this imagination, they thought Jesus was gonna do a certain thing, but Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm actually gonna do something completely different than what you had pictured. Have you ever had an idea or a dream or something like that and you had an expectation of something, but then when you actually experienced it, you thought to yourself, well, this isn't what I pictured. Like, like you had this dream or an expectation and then it happened and you're like, oh, this really wasn't what I had pictured in my mind. Like, have you ever been to a restaurant before and maybe you open up the menu and you see this picture of this amazing like double bacon cheeseburger that looks like just, just amazing. Bacon, lettuce, tomato, I mean, it's plump and juicy. You see the picture in the menu. I'm that guy who orders the picture. I don't read, I just give me that. And can you imagine like seeing that picture of that burger and saying, man, I want that. Give me that with an extra side of fries. Come on, somebody. Like, that's what I want to eat. But then when the meal arrives, you're like, wait a second. Uh, this is not what I had pictured. This is not what's in the menu. Like, really? Like, you give your, it looks like somebody sat on this burger. Let's be honest. Like, like that's what you're giving me right now. And you ever experienced something like that? One time my wife and I were on vacation with some friends of ours in Florida a few years back. And we were there for a whole week. And so we're kind of thinking, all right, what's some fun things to do while we're in Florida? And one of us actually stumbled upon a brochure of a, of a night cruise, a four hour night, romantic night cruise. And so we looked at the brochure and we we're like, wow, this looks amazing. This is something fun to do. And as we're, we're looking at the brochure, it was like, you know, romantic cruise up and down the Florida coast. You see the beautiful skyline of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, you know, you know there's, gonna, there's amazing singing and dancing, romantic dinner. Like even they have a, an, on, like an onboard movie theater that you could watch a, a movie if you'd like. And we're looking at this and we're thinking, wow, you know, this looks like it'd be something a lot of, like a, a lot of fun. Let's, let's do this. And so we went to the place. It was actually called the Sea Escape. Ooh, the Sea Escape. Sounds so romantic already. And when we get there, we, we, it was only $27 a person. Should have realized that, you know, you get what you pay for. We walked on the ship. And as soon as we walked on the ship, I, I thought to myself, this is not what I had pictured. The first thing that they had us do was have the romantic dinner, but it kind of looked like a 1970s high school cafeteria. And, and like you're sitting next to people like only inches away. They didn't know about social distancing back then. And you're like, you're, you're sitting on top of each other. They bring you a meal that looks like somebody had just microwaved. It was like not good. Like, I don't mean to be ungrateful, but I'm just like, this is not what was advertised. And then after that, you know, we kind of like, all right, the dinner's over. It wasn't very romantic, but 
maybe there's some other great things to do. Let's go out and look at the beautiful coastline of Florida. But there was no cruise. They actually went out to international waters and anchored so that the people could gamble on board. And we're like, wait, I thought we were supposed to go up and down the Florida coast. Like, what's the deal? It, it, was, it was no fun. Then all of a sudden, we're like, well, let's see what they're singing and dancing. Maybe there's something we could go, you know, dancing, whatever. There was no singing. There was no dancing. They had a jukebox that played Elvis Presley, and that was it. It was just like, are you serious right now? Well, maybe let's just go watch a movie, okay? They have an onboard movie theater. Let's go to that. We get to the onboard movie theater and the screen has a huge rip and hole right in the middle of the screen. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, we are now stuck here for four hours with nothing to do. And all I could think of this entire time was, this is not how I pictured this. I pictured this completely different than what I am currently experiencing. And I tell you that story because I wonder if there's a lot of you out there this, this day. And you're thinking, man, this isn't what I had pictured in my mind for my life right now. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't picture that, that I would be home for months right now uh, in, in quarantine and a stay-at-home order. I didn't, I didn't picture that. I didn't picture working from home. Uh, I didn't picture trying to teach my kids homeschool at this season of my life. You know, I didn't picture not getting my hair cut for a long time. You know, come on, like, I didn't picture that. I didn't, I didn't picture getting my hours cut at work this year. I thought it would be different this year. Like, I didn't picture losing my job. Like, I didn't, I thought this was going to be the year. Like, I was so excited to get going this year. And I, I didn't think this would be the season where I'm walking through where I actually am filing for unemployment, like I, I, didn't, I didn't picture that this year. I didn't, I didn't picture that. Or maybe even I didn't, I didn't picture getting sick. I didn't, I didn't picture my loved one getting sick and being affected by COVID-19. I didn't picture that. And then here we are in the reality of some things that are going on. And, and I think with so much uncertainty in our lives right now, it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get scared. It's easy to get anxious and think, Lord God, what in the world are you up to? What are you doing right now? And that is, that is why I believe with so much uncertainty in our world today, that this is the perfect place to run to. That, that right here, this is the perfect place to run to. I, I believe right here that in this book, it is full of people, just like you and just like me, who went through so much uncertainty at times of their life. They went through so much trouble. They went through so many difficult situations, but they, they found that God, even in the most uncertain moments of life, they found that God was still certain. Like in this book right here, you know, this, you know, we, we think sometimes that maybe that if we read this book that all of our wildest dreams will come true. Well, that's not, that's not necessarily in this book. You know, we think, you know, hey, you know what, if I, if this book is all about, I got a job on Monday, got a raise on Tuesday, got a bonus on Wednesday. Come on, my marriage is perfect. My kids turned out to be professional athletes. Life is good. You know, we live happily ever after. We think if we just, if we read this book, that's what's going to happen for our lives. But to be honest with you, it's just not in there. It's just not in there because through this book is full of people who, who, with every passage that you read in this book, is people that have gone through such uncertainty, 
felt hopeless at times, felt like they didn't know where they were gonna turn. But in every troubled situation, in every moment of uncertainty, they found that God was still true, that they could still have hope, and that God was still trustworthy in the midst of their most uncertain times. Like, like in this book right here, when you pick up this book, you read a story of a, a young man in the Old Testament named Joseph who finds himself at the, the bottom of a well. And, and this is the conversation he hears above uh, with his brothers up there. Like you might have sibling rivalry, but, but listen to what Joseph went through. He's in the bottom of a well. He's listening to a conversation. And this is kind of how the conversation went. Should we, uh, should we sell Joseph or should we kill him? I don't know. Let's sell him. Nah, maybe let's kill him. Uh, really? I think we should sell him. No, we're definitely going to kill him. Like you, you hear that is going on as a, as a sibling in the bottom of a well. But if you read the story, you find out that, that God was with Joseph even in the middle of the most uncertain time of his life. As you continue to read the stories in this book, you, you find a, another guy by the name of David who was the king of Israel. And, and he was living life and one day he's awakened to realize that his son has raised an army to invade the city and dethrone him as king. I mean, you may have some problems with your kids, but look at this, like his son raised up an entire army to, to, to kill his father and dethrone him. And then as you read the story, you realize that, that God was with David even in that uncertainty as well. You read, the, you read another story in this book where there's a mother and she has a child and, and she's living in Egypt, but she's a, a Hebrew Jewish person. And she hears that the Pharaoh says, you know what? We gotta kill all the baby boys because there's just too many, there's too many Israelites. There's just too many of them. We gotta thin the herd and we're killing all the baby boys. And she says, are, are you serious? And so she takes her baby. She wraps him up, puts him in a basket and pushes him out into the Nile River as if to say, if it's between the, the crocodiles and the Egyptian butchers, I'm gonna take my chances with the river. But we see that God was with this mother and with this baby in the middle of their most uncertain times. As the, as the basket begins to drift down the river, we see it comes to Pharaoh's actually his sister. And she draws him out of the water and gives him the name Moses. And as he grows up, he becomes the deliverer of the people of Israel out of Egypt one day. And we see that in the darkest moments, God was still absolutely there. So in all those stories and in countless other stories all throughout the Bible, we see that God's words is his, in the most uncertain moments, he's always there. When life is spinning out of control and it doesn't make any sense, we see that God is still working, that God is still there. He's still in control. And at every single one of those people, they found that God is faithful. And I believe with all of my heart that in this uncertain time that we're living in right now, that you can find God to be faithful as well. That we can find God to be still trustworthy, that God is still in control and that we can have faith and know that even in times of uncertainty, that this isn't how I pictured it, that God is still with you, he's still faithful, and he still loves you. And so when Jesus rode into town that day on that donkey, 
Like I said, there would have been thousands and thousands of people there. They were celebrating the Passover week. They were getting ready that week, actually, when Moses that I just talked about delivered the, the Israelites out of Egypt. They were celebrating the Passover meal. And, and when Jesus rides into town, the, the, the people there are just shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which is a word of praise, but it also means save us. So they're, they're shouting to Jesus, say, save us, save us right now, save us, uh, save us from what we're going through. And, and this is where the misunderstanding really begins to happen. This is where they had something pictured in their mind and Jesus had something completely different pictured in his mind. See, they thought that they wanted to be saved, not from their sins, but they wanted to be saved from their suffering. See, the, the Jewish people at this time were under great uh, oppression from the Roman government. They were under significant political pressure as well. And so when they are shouting, Hosanna, save us, they're not saying, Jesus, save us from our sin. They're saying, hey, Jesus, save us from our sufferings that we're experiencing right now. And Jesus said, hey, listen, I am gonna save you, but I'm not gonna save you the way that you think I'm gonna save you. I'm actually gonna go to a cross and I'm gonna die for the sins of humanity. And it's in that moment that you really need, that's, that's what you really need. It's not being saved from the Romans, it's being saved from your sins. And what happens is when the people began to see that, that Jesus wasn't gonna do for them what they thought he should do. And they, they thought he, they wanted him to do. See, they wanted him to ride into town with a great military conquest. They wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman government. They wanted Jesus to set up the kingdom of their father, David, right then and there. Jesus says, no, that's, that's not what I'm doing. I'm coming to save the world of their sins. I'm coming to save humanity. And when they realized that, they went from shouting Hosanna on that day to shouting crucify him on that Good Friday. They, they, they turned because they said, wow, he's not who we thought he was. And I know sometimes it's easy for us to read that story and think, man, I can't believe they turned on Jesus. You know, why would they do that? That, does, that doesn't sound right. You know, they shouldn't have done that. And it's easy for us to say that because we know the end of the story. But when you're in the moment of uncertainty, it's easy to let hopeless, hope leave and find hopelessness. It's easy to let your joy leave and find anger. It's easy to get into a place where you're thinking, oh my goodness, what in the world is going on? And, and it's easy to turn and go the opposite direction that God truly wants us to go. It's easy for us to say, wow, I can't believe they did that. But in the times of uncertainty in our own lives, it's easy to get angry. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what tomorrow is gonna look like. It's easy to get anxious, think, oh my goodness, what's gonna happen? It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to lose hope in the middle of uncertain times. But a lot of times what I've learned in my life, and I'm sure you have too, is that in the most uncertain times, and we think that maybe God isn't doing anything, we think maybe he's forgotten about it, that God is actually doing some of those greatest work. So here's my question for you this morning, and it's simply this. This is as we continue to experience all the uncertainty in our own life, with our families, our jobs, our government leaders, our economy, our retirements, kids being off of school, as we continue to experience all this uncertainty, here, here's the question that I want you to begin to think about today. And that is, can you trust God? In the midst of all the uncertainty, 
Can you still trust the Lord? Can, can, you, can you still maintain faith in God even when you don't see any evidence of his activity in your life? See, I believe that the, our answer to that question will determine our response in the uncertain moments of our life. If you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this point down because this is, this is monumental. Number one, you don't have to understand God's plan to trust God's purpose. Let me say that again. You don't have to understand God's plan to trust that God has a purpose. You don't have to understand like what's going on, what's happening in the moment, but to understand and trust that God, I know that there's purpose behind everything I'm walking through. I wouldn't, I don't like it. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. But God, I know that you can turn all things for good for those who love you. God, I, I believe in your purpose of more than I believe in my own plans. That's not how I pictured it, but God, I trust you in this moment of my life. I bet if you asked the disciples and you said, hey, what was one of the best moments you had with Jesus? I don't know if they what they say, but I bet they would probably, a lot of them would say, you know, one of the best moments we had with Jesus was that, was that Sunday when we went riding into Jerusalem and Jesus was on that donkey and everybody was just shouting and giving, you know, just like shouting praise and getting so excited. Like that was a really cool moment. Like, like they even knew who we were as disciples because we were, we were in Jesus's crew. You know, like they were, they, they even wanted our autograph sometimes. It was so cool. Like, like it was an amazing moment to just ride in, have that much popularity, have that many people shouting for us. Like, like that was a really, really cool moment in our time with Jesus. But I bet if you ask them, okay, well, what was one of your darkest times with, with Jesus? What was one of the, the darkest moments that you had following the Lord? I bet a lot of them would answer and they would say, well, right after that is when he got arrested and he was put on trial and, and unjustly convicted and and then he went to the cross and was beaten and all that stuff. And, and as we were watching you know, Jesus, who we had given our life to and followed for three years, hanging on a cross, nailed to the cross, we thought, oh my goodness. We, we thought he, he wasn't who we thought he was. He's on the cross and we thought, man, this isn't how we pictured this whole thing was gonna turn out. We didn't think that he was really gonna die. I know he talked about it, but... You know, we didn't think this was really gonna lead to this. And as he's on the cross, I'm sure they lost hope. They probably thought, I can't believe I, I gave up, you know, three years of my life for nothing. And, and it was just, it's just all for nothing that we, here he is now dying on the cross. And that was probably one of the darkest moments that they ever experienced with Jesus. But I bet if you asked them this last question and said, okay, but when, when do you think in your time with Jesus, when was Jesus doing the most? When was he doing the most on the earth? Was it when he was healing the blind people? Because that, that would probably be pretty cool to see a blind person just boom, begin to see again. Was it, was it when you know, a deaf person began to hear? That was, was he doing the most then? What about raising the dead? I mean, like he, he raised people from the dead. I mean, that would have been really cool to see. Was that when Jesus was doing the most or maybe when he was walking on water? I mean, like we don't see that very often, like walking on water, like really? Like was it, was it then, was he doing the most 
then, or maybe feeding the 5,000 people, like taking one little lunch and making it uh, for all these people, like that, that seemed cool. Was that when he was doing the most? And I bet, I don't know, but I bet they would answer. And you know, all those things were great. All those moments were awesome to see. But actually, when Jesus was doing the most was when we thought he was doing the least. Actually, when it was those dark hours when he was on the cross, when he was nailed up there, that we had lost hope, that we thought it's all over, that we thought, oh my goodness, what, why did we follow this guy for three years? It was, it was just a farce, like really? Like, but it was in those moments when, when Jesus was on the cross and we thought he was doing nothing, we thought he was absent, we thought he, he, we didn't understand what he was doing, actually he was doing his most greatest work because on the cross is when he was saving humanity of their sin. He was paying the price for, for all of humanity that they could come to know Christ and understand that he was now becoming a bridge between God and man, that it was, he was making a perfect sacrifice on that cross. And when we thought he was doing nothing, he was actually doing so, so much. And it's that moment for thousands of years after that people celebrate and, and are excited about that when Jesus paid for the sins of humanity on the cross. But if you ask them when they're in that moment, they probably thought, man, we didn't think he was doing anything, but actually he was doing the most. What I found in my own life is that when I'm walking through some of the darkest moments, the moments of uncertainty, moments where I say, this isn't how I pictured it, I realize that actually it's in those moments that Jesus is doing the most. That Jesus is doing some of his greatest work in my life. You know, a lot of times it takes a big moment, a big, a big, a big, a big mess where God can make the biggest impact in somebody's life. It's, it's almost like in the, sometimes in our nation, it goes through the, some, some tragedies that God can show up and create one of the biggest moments where people understand that he loves them and he hasn't given up on them and he's real in their life. I wanna encourage you today that, that, you know what, maybe even though you may not see God working right now, maybe you're asking the question, what are you up to, God, I don't understand, is that really God is up to something great. And he's doing something that maybe you could never ever understand in this moment, but on the other side of this moment, you'll look back and say, man, he was doing some of his greatest work at a time that I thought, man, he wasn't doing anything. If you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write down this second point, And that is just simply this. Just because God is silent doesn't mean that God is absent. Just because God is silent sometimes and we're thinking, oh God, I just need to hear from you. I just need you to do something. I just need you to help me in this situation right now. Doesn't mean that he's absent in your life. And I don't know who needs to hear that this morning. That just because that you may feel like you're all alone, you're not. Just because you may feel like, you know, like God is silent right now, he's not that actually it's in this moment of your life that he is actually maybe closer to you than ever before. That maybe in this moment of uncertainty and 
You feel like, what is God up to? This is a great time for you and for me to run to his word. Run to what the Bible talks about. Run to the understanding of all of these people throughout all of humanity. Understanding that God is still certain even in the most uncertain moments of my life. That in the darkest hours that God is still there. He's still trustworthy. He's still faithful. That I can still put my trust in him no matter what I'm experiencing on the outside. I just believe with all of my heart that this isn't a season to get angry, to get frustrated, to allow fear and and anxiety to, to creep in, but it's a time to really run towards the Lord. It's a time to run towards him and what he is doing right now and say, God, I I know that you, I feel like you may be silent, but God, I know that you're working. God, I know that you're not absent. I know that you're here with me. You're here with my family. You're here with me and you're my provider in this situation. You're here with me in all of these situations. And I have faith and I have trust in you that everything's gonna be okay, that everything is gonna be okay. I know it's uncertain right now. I know there's a lot of questions out there but God is still certain in the middle of all of your uncertainty. So again, let me ask that question. Can we retain faith even when we don't see God's plan? Can we retain faith and and trust him and hope even when we don't see the activity? Because I tell you what, God is working. He's doing a lot right now. And sometimes you just have to hold on to your faith and know that everything's gonna work out and he's never left you and he's never forsaken you. Can we pray this morning? Father, we just thank you for today. God, we thank you so much for, for who you are and what you're doing. And Lord, I just lift up everybody right now that's watching online. And God, I pray that Lord, if, if they're at a place in their life where they're struggling with uncertainty, they're struggling with fear, they're struggling with worry, they're worried about what their job's gonna do, they're worried about you know, what's gonna happen next. God, I pray that in the moment of this uncertainty, they would, their hope and their faith would be arised and they would know, God, that Lord, you are certain, that you are still trustworthy. I can still put my faith in you, God, even when I, I feel like I may be in the darkest hour of my life. That God, I look throughout God's word and I see all these other people who have put their faith in you in the middle of their darkest hour. And so God, I know that I can put my faith in you in my darkest hour. God, I pray that faith would arise in our hearts. Hope would arise again. And God, that we would take whatever situation is before us and go with it with complete understanding and trust that God, you are with us in every moment of our life.